We'll look into the book of Genesis tonight to begin with, chapter 37, familiar story of Joseph, the man that had some dreams. Genesis 37, 11, and his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying, and his brethren went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Sechem? Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said unto him, Here am I. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brethren, and well with the flocks, and bring me word again. So he sent him out of the vale of Hebron, and came to Shechem. And a certain man... A certain man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What seekest thou? And he said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks. And the man said, They are departed hence, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. These Bible stories just always intrigue me how it wasn't happenstance. It was a certain man that found him. And that certain man just happened? No, it was all part of God's plan. That man had heard his brothers say where they were going. And then he was in the field at the time Joseph was wandering. Some of these Instances that happen are just, it's, it's so planned by God. Well, we know how the story of Joseph, how his, his father uh, kind of rebuked him for that, for the dreams that he had, and his brothers didn't like him for that. And as Je uh, Joseph was looking for his brethren, he went and found them. And when he found them, they saw him, you know, they hated him they felt he was their enemy. And so they took Joseph, threw him into a, a, a dry well, as it were, and left him there for a while. Now picture this. Here's a young man about 17 years of age doing what his father had said to do. He found his brothers, part of the family. They hated him. They put him in that hole. And what could Joseph see? Well, he could see dirt. That's all he could see was dirt. And if he looked up, probably he would see, you know, you think, well, look up where my help comes from. And he might have seen his brothers, brothers looking down, laughing at him, saying, we got you now. But the rest of the story, as it goes on, we won't go into that. You can look at it on your own time. But we see how all it all worked out good for Joseph. It worked out good because he trusted in God. He followed what God asked him to do. And then if we switch over to Kings, 2 Kings, chapter 6, verse 8, we read a story where someone else was surrounded by an enemy. There was Elisha and his servant. Now, what was happening at that time, the king of Syria was would send out his army out to destroy the Israelites. And every time he sent them out there, 
They already knew what was going to happen. And it, it was like there was a spy there. Well, the king thought, well, we've got to find out who's the spy. They found out it was Elisha was, knew all about what was happening. So this king and his wisdom said, well, we're going to send out an army and we'll completely circle him and we'll capture him. Think that one through a little bit. Well, anyway, that's what he tried to do. So here it was early one morning. Elisha and his servant were there in a place called Dothan, the same place where Joseph had that little problem. And as they were there, the servant looked up and looked around. You know, he looked all the way around. And what did he see? Oh, he saw the enemy. He saw horses and chariots all around him. <clears throat> and I think he might have had a panic attack. He, he, was, he was really concerned. Now, when you think of Elisha's servant, we usually think of Gehazi. Well, Gehazi had had a problem earlier, and I don't think that he was there at this time. It was a young man, and maybe this young man hadn't seen some of the miracles that Elisha had done. But as he looked around and saw thou all those enemies surrounding, let, well, let's, look, let's read this. Chapter 6, verse 15. 2 Kings six fifteen, And when the servant of the man of God had risen early and gone forth, behold, and host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And the servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And then here's the secret. Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And he did, and he saw. And you know what he saw? He saw more horses and chariots, but they were chariots of fire. And it says, they were round about Elisha. There was the answer, folks. God was taking care of his people. No matter how big the enemy seemed, no matter how impossible the situation was, God was there. And God answered the prayer. And it's interesting how Elisha prayed again, and then all that enemy was stricken with blindness. And they asked Elisha, well, you know, apparently they asked him, you know, we're searching for this man, Elisha. And he says, well, follow me, I'll take you there. And it was about 12 miles he led these, this army into Samaria, which was their enemy. And when they arrived there, the Israelites said, well, shall we destroy them, get rid of them? And they said, no, feed them, give them something to drink. So that's what they did. Here the enemy came in town. They fed them, gave him to drink. It was quite a feast, it says. And then a couple of verses later it says, and then the enemy came no more into the land of Israel. They got rid of the enemy completely by giving him food and water. So both of these stories took place in Dothan. And they both had a good ending because they obeyed God. The enemy was overcome. The impossible situation, victory was won. But, you know, those took place a long time ago. And there, it's fun to read these stories and see how God just answers prayers. But what about today? What about that enemy that we're facing today? 
We still battle against the same Satan that tricked Eve. There's still battles there. It might not be. It is not flesh and blood like Elisha or David or Saul or some of the others had. But we read in Ephesians 6, 12. Here's what we wrestle against. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. It's all around us, folks. Wickedness, spiritual wickedness in high places, rulers of darkness, the darkness in this world, these things that surround us. And we're all surrounded by them, right? We're totally surrounded by these things. But it says, put on the whole armor, which protects everything. Put on the whole armor so there's no possible way for the enemy to get through. Doesn't that thrill you when you think about that? When you put the whole armor on, Satan cannot get through. Period. God says so. But you know, with a simple click of a button, we have access to anything from A to Z. Stuff that might be worthless gossip stuff, time-wasting, mind-altering things. We're surrounded by radio waves. I, I guess you call them radio waves. But you think about right here, if I had my phone, which I left at home tonight, I could have it right here and I could, I could access anything. Isn't that right? We all have that access. No matter if we're in church or home alone or with people, we have access to that. We need to have the armor on to prevent us from getting into evil things. I was reading some statistics recently. Brother Darrell mentioned some of this this morning. But one of the very, very serious weapons of the enemy through this internet and phone and all this stuff, pornography is so prevalent. It's astounding when you read statistics. And nothing, nothing good comes from that. Nothing good comes from pornography. It talks about uh, there's more divorces through that. It just, everything is bad with that. And that's trick of the enemy. Just because maybe somebody says everybody's doing it, that does not make it right. And everybody is not doing it. And it's wrong and it only leads one way and that is away from God. We must flee from the enemy. When I was in the Navy, we had the part of our job, part of our duties on our ship was if one of the pilots got shot down over Vietnam, we were to rescue them. What a thrill it was to see that pilot when he was rescued. I'm telling you folks, it was something that you never forget. Here we were in this great big ship, 600 and some feet long. We had a a helicopter on a fan tail on the back of the ship. And uh, we'd get a, a mayday, our SOS, and the ship would turn around and steam that way wide open about 18 miles an hour. And uh, the helicopter would take off. And if that pilot could make it to the open water, 
we'd rescue him. And when he got back to the ship, I was on duty as a lookout on the back of the ship so I could see what was going on. And I'm telling you, folks, when that, that grown man got out of that helicopter, he got right down on his hands and knees and he kissed the deck. He was rescued. He was saved from the enemy. So what happened there, when he knew the enemy was attacking him, when he knew he was hit, and when he knew he was in trouble, he used every bit of power, every bit of everything he could to flee from the enemy and head towards the open water where he knew there was salvation. He knew he'd be rescued. It might have been easier... You know, I think about these things. Well, maybe it would have been easier. I don't know if I can make it all the way out there, but here's a field down here. Maybe I can land there. He never would have been rescued. The enemy would have captured him. Folks, we have to flee, flee, flee from the enemy. Fly away. Get as fast, as far away as you can from the enemy and all his temptations and all those things that he tries to trick us with. We read in Galatians some of the things that Galatians 5, verse 19, some of the things the enemy throws at us. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Now there's a whole list of them. And if you don't understand what any of these words are, I'd encourage you to look this up when you get home and find out what these mean for your own self. Years ago, when I was driving school bus over in, uh, in Yakima area, the attendant on a bus was using language that I don't use. I was taught as a child not to use it. It was just those little slang words. They're not little. They're still slang. They're still wrong. But she was using those words. And I asked her one day, do you know what those words mean? She said, no. Tell me. And I says, no. You look it up. I want you to prove for yourself what it means. She came back the next day and apologized and didn't do that anymore. So these words, these big words that are listed here, I'm going to read. If you don't understand what they are, they're in Galatians chapter 5. Get home, look them up. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, hearsays, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. So anything that's like that, anything that's like any one of those words, he goes on to say, as I have told you, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Not who did such things, but who do such things. Folks, it's a fine line we walk. And we want to make heaven our home. We want to inherit the kingdom of God. <coughs> we want to make so sure that we're walking the way Jesus wants us to walk. We're in a battle. We are wrestling against the powers of darkness of this world and all these other things. But you can put on the whole armor of God. It's available. Down here at these altars has been many battles won. Victories won. 
We focus on the solution. We focus on the answer. We put on the armor. We've heard tonight about being saved. Amen. About being sanctified. Amen. About the baptism of the Holy Ghost. About receiving the power for service. About healing. These are the things that we hear so often that maybe sometimes we forget how valuable it is. But oh, we have such great value in the gospel tonight. Be strong in the Lord. Put on the whole armor that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The devil's going to try to trick you and me in every way possible. But put on the whole armor of God. There are battles. There are victories. There's battle scars. Sure, there's battle scars. But you put on the whole armor of God and you shall be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. So when you look at the story of Joseph, he stayed true to the Lord. Everything came out great for him, even when all he could see was dirt. Because he turned to the Lord, he stayed true to God. When Elisha looked around and all he could see was the big bad enemy. But he prayed to God and God heard his prayer. You can do that tonight. Will you pray? Will you ask God to help you? Maybe you're here tonight without salvation. Maybe you've never been saved. It's available. We serve the great, big, wonderful God that wants you to be saved, wants you to be in heaven with him someday. And all the rest of us do too. And if you've been saved and you haven't been sanctified yet, why not? And if you're sanctified and you don't have your baptism yet, why not? That's what got me one night years ago, 50 years ago, actually. I camp meeting the first time. I heard about sanctification and I prayed and the Lord showed it to me and I received it. And then the next night I went down, prayed a little bit and got back up and well, actually brother Bob Downey and his brother Bill, I was supposed to meet them and we were going to go out and do something that night after prayer. Well, after I prayed a little bit and got up and walked out, another friend met me out there and she said, why don't you go back in and get your baptism? Well, how do you answer that? I don't want it. No, that wouldn't work. I don't believe it. That wouldn't work. Praise the Lord. I just went back in and prayed until I got it. And before I was done, Bill and Bob were there too praying. I'm so thankful tonight that we serve a God like that, that hears your prayer and cares about how you feel and wants to give you victory tonight. Do you want it? The altars are open. We'll sing number 730. Come and pray and receive from the Lord tonight.